All right, welcome back to Unknown and Talented. My name is Jalon Abrams, and today we have a doctor in the house. A doctor in the house. Dr. Marlon Haywood, man. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing well outside here in Chicago. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I was definitely excited to get you on because yeah. we did meet in Invest Fest, and I think it was the second day, and I just randomly saw you, and I said, you know what? Something's something's about this guy, and I need to talk to him. So definitely happy that we was able to connect. But you do have a nonprofit called the Urban Mail Network. Yeah, I actually got on the show um, right now. Actually, <laughs> I love it. I, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um. So, but before before we get into all of that, because that that's the main thing we talk. We want to talk about that nonprofit. Okay. But since you are since you are a doctor, I just want to know, like, when people ask you, when people say your name. Did it say this Mar Mister? Do you correct them? Like say, hey, hold, wait a minute, I'm a doctor. Um, you know what? I don't actually. Um, okay. I, I I never correct people. Uh, you know, I, I think the thing is that I know what what I've earned, what I have. Now, when I introduce myself, like let's say if I'm in a public setting or a meeting, I start off and I say, hey, my name is Dr. Marlon Haywood, and then I tell you, hey, you can call me Dr. Haywood, Dr. Marlon, Marlon, whatever you kind of feel comfortable with. I'm cool, you know, so as long as I feel like a person is not trying to come off and be disrespectful towards me, then that's the difference. You know, I'm okay with it. Gotcha, gotcha. I like, I love it. I just, I just remember back in um college, man, you call a professor, you call a doctor, <laughs> professor, something like that, they going off on you. <laughs> All right, right. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but I'm I'm gonna let you introduce yourself because we do have your nonprofit. So introduce who you are, where you at, and also your nonprofit. Uh, sure. So Dr. Marlon Haywood, uh, located here in Chicago, Illinois, uh, CEO, founder for Urban Mail Network. So I run a male mentorship organization. So that's the shirt that I have on right now with a hoodie. Uh, this is our logo, our brand. Started it 10 years ago um, when I was fresh out of grad school and it has grown, right? So what we service right now, close to about 250 young men in the Chicagoland area. And uh, we had about 11 locations uh southwest side and in the south suburban area so you know it's just something that i'm just excited about just to see we have been able to really build some some strong partnerships and uh just continue to make impact okay okay yeah. i like that okay so so, so what made you want to want to start that nonprofit? so i grew up um in a neighborhood in chicago called inglewood which is on the south side of chicago um so it's an underserved community so i didn't really see you know, many positive male role models where I grew up at. And then when I went off to college, I joined this organization called Black Male Initiative my freshman year. So I was a part of that organization literally all the way from my freshman year until my um, senior year in college. And the whole focus was on making sure that black men graduated from college. And so while I was a part of that organization, you know, we would actually go to local elementary school, high school, mentoring you know kids in the community and so that's what developed my passion to kind of really start doing the work that i did when i started with that group as a freshman in college called black Mountain. okay okay so, um but i did see that um that your nonprofit is more for the the younger kids Cause i know you said what you were into is for people that's um helping helping black black men uh was it black men or just black people in general Black men, so it's black male. Black men, okay. So it's black male. Black male association. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm black sorry. male initiative is is what the organization called um, for the the group that I was a part of at, at NIU, Northern Illinois. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so so the, the urban male network. What age group are you? You pretty much focusing on? 
Uh, we start at the age of 13, but we work with young men all the way up until the ages of 25. Um, so okay. we start with them while they're in grammar school, while they're in high school, and then we still have young men that we work with in our program that are in college, trade school, working, or that we hire uh, like for the work for us over the summer. So we, we work with them in just various capacities, right? So for some young men, it may be say, hey, I need help uh, looking at, you know, I'm trying to major. Uh, I don't know what I want to major in. I don't know what I want to do with my life. How, how can you help us or help me? And so that's kind of what we do. We're just trying to help guide them in like various areas of their life and to kind of help them make better decisions, right? So we're here to be a support, a community, a network. So that's one of the, the name Urban Male Network comes from because I tell the guys that um, I work with all the time is that your network is equal to your network. So as you begin to expand your network, then now you can begin to expand your net worth. Okay, I, I love it. I love it. And you're absolutely right about that. Um, but starting a nonprofit, what does that process look like? You know what? Um, it's interesting that you say that. I'm actually in the process of, um, I started doing some trainings or workshops to where showing other people how to start a nonprofit and in the process of creating like an e-course to show people how to, you know, start a nonprofit, like from building a foundation until... An, to the point to where you're now writing grants, getting government certified, uh, getting partnerships. So the, the, the process actually, I tell people all the time, sometimes it's just starting to do the work, right? Um, you know, everybody always say, hey, I don't know where I'm going to get the funding from. Like when I first started off, I didn't have an organization. I didn't have a name for it. I just had a vision to make a difference in the lives of young men, right? So I was spending my own money meeting up with them, taking them out to eat for pizza. Then right after we do some sports, whether it's basketball, flag football, or do some gaming. And then from there, um, it just started to grow, right? So as it was growing, then I said, okay, you know what? I want to get to a place of, you know, making more of an impact. And somebody said, hey, why don't you make this to a nonprofit? I didn't really know the process of how to do it. You know, so once I got the name, I, I then registered it with the state. And then I had a law firm at that time that helped me to register the organization um, to get our, our tax exempt status with the IRS. Then from there, to kind of do the filing within the state. So whatever state that you're in, first you kind of do your filing of the paperwork uh, to get your tax exempt status through the IRS. And then from there, now you're going into... Um, doing your filing, you know, with the state, whatever state that you're located in, to see if that name is available. So then from there, it's like, all right, once you get your paperwork filed, you got all of that stuff together, the real work begins because now you got to start looking for the money, the, the board of directors, uh, you know, that you're going to have in your organization to support the work that you're doing. Okay, all right. And, and so, so how, how do you find that money? Because I think about someone just creating a business for, you know, they're finding clients to bring in money. Yeah. But yours is going to be like more donations or how does that work? That's a great question. Um, so for us, um, I've actually been able to do a lot of partnerships. So one of our partners is the Obama Foundation. Um, and I was able to kind of really make that connection by just attending the monthly. Uh, they have in Chicago here at, um, that through the Obama Foundation, they have what's called monthly convenings through my brother's keeper. So it was an initiative that the Obama Foundation started. So as I was kind of going to those meetings, they share resources. So that's just kind of one example, right? So you have the Obama Foundation, you have in Chicago what's called United Way Metro of Chicago. Um, you have a lot of just community organizations that have all of these community meetings. So what I tell people is, is that find uh, community meetings or groups or networks 
that have meetings literally in your community or your city or your state. So then as you're going, what you're going to find out is, is that these organizations and these community organizations are going to share resources about grants, about opportunities that you can apply for. So we've been able to receive, let's say, state and city and federal grants to support our organization, along with getting corporate sponsorship and donations as well. Wow. So you're right about that. You basically said your network is your net worth and that's that's exactly what you're doing. That's that's cool. Literally every all of the connections that I've been able to make. So like from the Obama Foundation, starting off with that, I met that gentleman um, just doing community work, um, volunteering, mentoring. And so he was mentoring and doing work at another school. And then when he got to the Obama Foundation, made a connection. Right. And, And then that's how I got connected with that. Um, Nike, um, you know, we end up getting a sponsorship through Nike. I ended up finding out just, you know, through Nikes because a gentleman that I went to college with was working at a Nike store. He said, hey, here's, you know, they have grant opportunities at our stores. You should look into it. You should apply for it. And end up applying for it. We end up getting sponsored by Nike, you know, last summer. Um, so it's just a lot of the opportunities that I've been able to get for our organization is because of the people that I connected with. And I've been able to connect with them through the work that I've been doing through the community. So, for example, we was able to acquire free land um, in in Chicago. So we end up transforming that land into where I end up writing a grant for it um, to where it's now like a basketball court. We got a a gaming trailer on it. So we've done all of that. So I wrote the grant to transform the land, but I got the land free from Cook County Land Bank. Now, I ended up getting the free land through the Cook County Land Bank that's located in the Chicago, you know, state of Illinois area, it's because I was involved in an organization called RAGE, Resident Association of Inglewood, where the Cook County Land Bank built the relationship with Teamwork Inglewood. Teamwork Inglewood then said, hey, you know, we're going to connect individuals from the community, businesses, and then connect them to Cook County Land Bank for the free land that's on their particular block that they live on or grew up on. That's how I ended up kind of getting that piece of land. Then from there, um, once I built that relationship through the Cook County Land Bank, through that organization, I ended up then learning the process how to apply for properties at a discounted rate. So then I purchased a 3,400 square foot building for a very reasonable price from the Cook County Land Bank because I built that relationship with them when I got the free land from the connection of the organization called Rage. I hope you follow me because I feel like I said a lot with that. No, no, I, no, I'm following you. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I'm just like... I'm just thinking about how we met and I'm just happy that I stopped you because you're sharing a lot and I didn't realize how much of how much goes behind the scenes of opening a nonprofit. But you're out here getting free land, you're buying land. I'm I'm very impressed. Yeah, yeah. So we we have um I've been able and, and here's the the crazy thing, right? So I've been working doing this nonprofit work for ten years, but I never did it full time. I've only been doing this work now, August made one full year. I got laid off from my job last August. I was working for another nun. Wow. That nonprofit wanted to take over my organization, my smaller nonprofit, right? When I then said no, you know, I didn't want to come under them. Then next thing you know, a couple of months after that, I ended up getting let go, right? So I'm assuming it probably was because, hey, I said I didn't want to bring my organization under, under them. But it ended up being a blessing for me because then I went harder. Like I, I took all of those connections and everything that I, I had made 
and I brought all of those resources to my own organization. Um, I had really didn't have experience writing grants. And so then from there, I just, you know, started writing and telling our story. And, and before I knew it, I was like writing grants to purchase land and purchase buildings. And like we ended up getting a, a van, a 15 passenger van. We purchased a 65 uh, passenger school bus for our organization. We got a cargo trailer that we converted to a game trailer. So that's almost done. Um, you know, so it's it's a lot. We got a building that we're leasing in the south suburbs of Chicago. We offer boxing, gaming, culinary, basketball. Wow. All of that is through a, a state grant that I was able to obtain and write. So it's it's like it's definitely resources and stuff that's out here, and that's through government contracts, right? That's through government grants. Um, that's been that's the majority. Of, that's been the majority of our funding has come through government grants. Um, and so, as people have to understand, what I'm learning is is that through government funding is that black businesses account for less than 1% of government contracts. I think it's like 1% or 2%. Maybe it's 5%, which is still a small number. And the thing is, is that because a lot of people, especially when you're looking at black individuals, don't know how to go after government contracts. What a government contract, you get a government contract for like a million, two million dollars, three million dollars, whatever. Um, because again, the government has money that they have to spend. They have to put it out there. They got to put it out there. And, to, and, and there are certain requirements that they got to meet when it comes to, like, giving it to a certain number of uh, minority businesses, women-led businesses. So we have to make sure as minority businesses owners, whether it's a nonprofit, whether it's a for-profit entity, that you have your business in order, right, to be qualified to then go after these contracts and these grants. And so okay. for me, I question. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Question on that. So, what do I have to do to become qualified? So, I just started. Not for me. This is speaking yeah, as an speak audience. In I, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I just started my nonprofit. What do I have to have in place to get, start getting that funding? So, um, it's something called GATA certified, um, and the acronym. I, I can't even think of what the the poor acronym and what it stands for at the moment. Okay. Um, just make sure I get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay um but it's called gata so g-a-t-a so whether that is going for a business or a non-profit um you literally oh, um, you have to get gata certified so getting gata certified is you got to have like what they call a sam um, id number a sam's id number then from there so that's just specific things that you have to obtain then once you kind of meet those particular qualifications so it takes about a few weeks maybe like four to six weeks to kind of go through this process and get certified. Okay. Once you get this, this SAMS ID number, you get got a certified, then it allows you then there to now be able to go apply for federal, state, and city grants and contracts. Now that's very important because, you know, that's where you can kind of get those big contracts. Whether, you know, let's say to them, a thousand dollars three four hundred thousand dollar contract may be small to them because there are some people getting government contracts in the millions like legit like multi-million dollar government contracts so you got to think about it as a small business if you get three four hundred something thousand dollars and you get that contract now you're able to pay yourself what you write in there and then you're able to say hey i'm gonna pay this staff to do such and such work or you can subcontract it out 
where you get the the contract, but then you then get somebody else to really do the work. You paying them to do the work, but you received it, but they're your sub con you know contractor to actually do the work. You're just kind of like the middleman. So people do that mm. as well. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. you gave a lot of game. Um, I just want to get more specific in Chicago. So the outside looking in, we hear that Chicago is you know very very violent. That, that's what we hear. Um, so so what what is your perspective of that? Um, living in Chicago. You know what? That's okay. So here's I'm outside right now, right? I'm inside. Yeah. Like the West Loop. So here's this. I mean, you saw you see this? Yeah. It's like it's it's crazy right now. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No. Like literally, <laughs> I'm, as you can see, I'm, I'm outside uh, in Chicago right now. Um, you know, so I'm 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 in what's called uh, like the near West Side. Um, it's like the UIC area, so it's the University of Illinois Chicago campus. Um, so they have a lot of restaurants, a lot of bars, college students over this way. Um, but all of Chicago is not bad. I, I understand, I think, when people see the news. But the reality is, is that crime is up across the country, whether that's in New York, Atlanta, Houston, L.A., um, even down, at, you know, going into Memphis, St. Louis, it's up in, in all major cities. I think after the pandemic, right, like it has caused just crime to go up. Yes, Chicago has crime, but there's a lot of beautiful uh, things that Chicago has to offer, right? I just think that the crime is no different than what's happening in any other major city. It's just that a light is more shined on the city of Chicago, and then everybody wants to kind of magnify it to that next level, you know? So, yes, there's violence. Yes, there are things that happen, but it's not an everyday occurrence. As you can see where I'm outside and where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm worried for my life that something's going to yeah. happen. Um, you know, the news will try to make you feel that way when that's not necessarily the case. Okay, okay, that's good. Okay, so I have another question. So how do you actually get your kids? Because, you know, me growing up, I was more on, you know, being by myself. I ended up joining a hundred, I don't know if you, don't know if you ever heard of a hundred black men. Yeah, hundred black men yeah, organization. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so I, was, I was actually jo joined them, um, but pretty much just some word, word of mouth. So how, how do you get your kids? Cause especially with social media and everything, yeah. people just want to stay by themselves and hang out with their friends. How do you end up? How do you end up bringing them to your your um, organization? Um, so one of the ways that we actually get our young men is we are located within the schools. That's one way, right? So we have our sessions happen like during the school day. And then we do after school programming. So during the summer, like this past summer, we did everything was free. We took the young man camping. We took him to Sky Zone, what's called Six Flags Great America. Um, we did uh, what else? Did I, what else did we do? We um, we took him bowling. I mean, we did something like new, different every weekend. So what happened is, is that as we had these different young men that that was signed up they was like my friend want to be a part of this program and they want to you know learn and be a part of it and can they come and i'm like sure they can come so it was like word of mouth and then you got the boys that's already been a part of the program they recruit their younger brothers cousins friends and so that's you know because again we're offering what we don't charge them nothing and we have an opportunity where we expose them to a lot of great opportunities um, we take them to different events. We take them on college tours. They don't have to pay for any of this stuff. Um, so obviously they see the benefit. And then from there, they like, oh, man, I'm, I got to tell my friend. I got to tell my buddy about this. And then that's what ends up happening from there. 
Okay, I love that. That's that's amazing, man. It's and you said you had about two hundred or two hundred fifty kids. Yeah, we we between all of the locations and the sites, we we service um over about yeah about two fifty um with the youth that we've hired from the summer through uh, our summer program through the the young men who are signed up at, at our various sites that we offer mentorship. I mean, like at one school, I want to say, I think we got about 45, 50 young men signed up. Wow. The average the average group size of young men we got signed up is like 23, 20, 23 to 25. So, yeah. you know, those numbers begin to add up quickly. Um, when you add them up, that this is who we, we work, you know, meeting with on a weekly basis. And, you know, we were doing these mentorship sessions with them. Okay, so and how how did you build out your team? Because you're saying we, so it's you're, it's not you go to each each every site. So how, how did you build it's that not team? Just out? me, uh, yeah, I got um, other guys. So I, I did start it with some other guys that I pretty much went to college with. Um, that's kind of how I ended up. I started it originally, and then um, you know from there it is it's just been growing. Um, but yeah, there are other guys who who work with me that go into the schools that provide that facilitate mentorship sessions. Uh, that service mentors, chaperones, all of that. So yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I love it. Um. So, but how how do you balance your personal time and Urban Mail Network? Because even today, you said you're super busy, and I, <laughs> I know helping these kids is something that you really want to do. But how do you balance that and your your regular life? I'm still trying to, to be honest with you, I'm still trying to find that balance uh, right now because it it has been really busy, and you know when you work for yourself, like for me. Um, it's like my every day is always like I feel like I'm always working. You know, people gonna call you whether it's a Sunday, a Saturday. Uh, like I just got a call right before this, you know, from a mentee or you know a staff member. So it's like you kind of always working, doing something. So I am in the process of, of trying to find that balance and make sure that I take rest because it is important, right? Um, we have to learn how to take care of ourselves. To where we're not necessarily always running is I look at it like the airplane uh, analogy, where they say, "Hey, if if there's turbulence or if an issue where a plane is about to go down, they always tell you put the mask on yourself first before you try to put it on the kids." Well, that's the same thing, right? Like you have to get to a place of learning how to take care of you before you can then take care of somebody else. So that's something I'm trying to practice and do more of myself. Okay, and I I believe you'll get there. I, I just definitely understand because when you when you have a mindset and you want to keep building, yeah. you're gonna keep going after it. You don't want to take that break because you feel like you're gonna fall off. But I feel like you definitely gonna get that bounce and also having help as well since you're not doing it by yourself. I think you're gonna be able to find that. Um, but I want you to talk a little bit about your actual mentee success because I was you know going through your page and I saw one of your mentees actually was speaking at an event. So so to speak, speak more about the, those success from your your mentees. Uh, yeah, you know what? I got mentees who have completed their master's degree, uh, working full-time jobs, who who now actually work within the organization. Like, I wow. met them, you know, whether they was in high school, college, and then now they're mentors giving back, um, you know, or they're, they are, you know, successful in whatever, you know, different type of industry. So, I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful feeling, right, to be able to kind of see that that we have mentees who have been successful and, you know, just going through the program and then now they're kind of giving back to others and, you know, they're thankful, you know, for us kind of helping them to kind of make it through that journey or make it to that place. Mm -hmm. 
I, I, I know that gotta be an amazing feeling, man. Cause I just like I saw it was a it was an event. It wasn't like a small event too. It was a lot of people in that crowd. Um, so so you are also a motivational speaker. Do you actually teach the kids how to be able to talk in front of crowds like that? Uh, I try, but everybody don't necessarily <laughs> like you know want to um, you know to 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 you know some people really have really a big fear of speaking in front of large crowds. Uh, you know, like that's just a big fear for them. Um, but I do try to get them comfortable with speaking just just to increase their communication skills. Um, people ask me all the time, like, how do you kind of get to a place that uh, that you don't, you know, feel nervous? Or if you're speaking like cause I've spoken in front of crowds of a thousand plus, you know, um, when it comes to, you know, doing motivational speaking. And then people are like, how do, how do you not be nervous? And I said, I just talk to people as though they're in the living room with me. Like we're having a conversation. Like I make people feel when I'm talking to them or I'm doing motivational speaking, like we're having a casual at home at the barbecue conversation. So like that's something that is is like when you're doing speaking, you want to make people feel like you're just not reading off a prompt or you're not reading off a piece of paper. Like that's something that I, I try to always keep in mind for people. Okay, I love it. I, for me, I'm the complete opposite. I'm definitely nervous to talk in front of talking to people. Like I can see one on one, I'm good. Podcast, <laughs> safely at my home with my camera, I'm good. In front of a bunch of people, listen, I'm stuttering, I'm shaking, but I, I definitely want to. I definitely want to get there. Do you have any tips for that though? Yeah, I, I, I would say practice makes perfect. Right? Um, is that you know the more you practice it, and you gotta look at it too. It's like go go into it and you know like with the mindset of like all right especially if they didn't pay you like when i when i started to do it when i started doing motivation speaking i was not getting paid like nobody was paying me i just got invited to do it so the mindset that i had is like well, they didn't pay me anyway <laughs> right yeah. so it's like yeah. um so with that um it's just you know um go in really put your points together always have three so what i do is is that i love to have three five or seven points that's when i'm speaking hit your hit those points and sit down and and when i say like you got three five or seven so if you're saying hey my first point is always remember to set goals in your life well then from there you gave them that first point always remember to set goals all right so then after you, let's say you just gave them that point and then you can elaborate on what you mean about, you know, giving them that explanation. Or you can go into saying like giving them your own personal testimony or story about how you set a goal in your life and then how maybe you failed at something, but then you end up being successful at it. So that can be a thing, right? Like just kind of do points to guide you. So you do an intro, your points in the middle. And like, then you like, do a conclusion like, to wrap yes, it up. Like, yeah, yeah, like, okay, so, I like that. I'm gonna so definitely, I'm a definitely way, it, it makes it simple, right? Like intro, yeah. three, five, seven points, <laughs> and then your wrap up conclusion. That's it. And then what okay. you do in between. So if you notice, um, I don't know if you if you uh, had a chance to look at any one of my videos, but like the one when I was, I, I think it's highlighted on my Instagram story. But I literally was. Um, like I use music and I did the introduction of music to open up the background and make them feel comfortable to make it relatable. Then after I used the music and had them really engaged and then I hit them with my five points. 
and then I did, I, then after I hit him with my five points, I kind of told a personal story here and there, and then I wrapped it up with a conclusion, and they loved it. Okay. That's cool. I'm, I'm definitely do some practice. Cause I'll definitely want to do that one day. Like I said, it is safe being in front of this camera, yeah. but you 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 got you got to get out your comfort zone one day, yeah. right? <laughs> um, so we we did meet at Invest Fest. What was your goal going there? Because my goal was to talk to a bunch of random people, like I did to <laughs> get you on my show. But what, what was your goal for Invest Fest? My goal was to literally increase my network, so I can increase mm. my net worth. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, literally, that I, I went there with the with the whole goal in mind about how can I increase my network. So I really okay. was connecting with people. I did. I connected with a lot of great people. I actually just had a meeting with uh, two gentlemen that I met at InvestFest that started uh, a ticket resale business when they was at Hampton College. So wow. really cool brothers, really liked the vibe that they was giving off. So I'm looking to possibly partner with them, um, you know, with that business. So that started from just a connection and conversation at InvestFest. Met, um, you know, really, I met another gentleman that helps with people kind of increase their finances, get investment, get invested into the stock market. I signed up for that. So that's something okay. I started to do since InvestFest. Um, I connected with another gentleman who does logistics and you know, buy and sell logistic trade routes. Uh, no, he buys the logistic routes for truck drivers, right? So people who drive in trucks and the logistic routes. So I'm planning to kind of really learn more about that. And then it began to change my mindset about how I've been putting out this content, right? Like I have all of this knowledge. So you know how we were just talking and then I was just telling you about, you know, how to get in, start a nonprofit, how you can go get government certified, how you can go out here and get grants. And people was like, man, I didn't know this. Do you have a podcast? Do you have a YouTube channel? Do you, you know, and so I went to one session where the guy said that we're moving towards a subscription-based model. So where, you know, YouTube or not YouTube, but Hulu, Disney, Netflix, all of them, you subscribe to their content. Then why is it that we can't do peer-to-peer subscription, right? Where you can't have people subscribe to the knowledge that you're giving out or the content that you're putting out there. That really began to change my whole mindset of like, let me begin to put together a platform that I can get people to subscribe to my content. So, you know, so that's something since InvestFest that I've been working on, like an e-course, e-book, um, an e-guide that, you know, literally I put out stuff out there for free, but then I have stuff that, you know, will be paid content as well. So I'll be dropping some gems, dropping knowledge, of course, monthly for free to people. But I also give stuff that where people can subscribe to the content that I put out there. Gotcha. And is that available now or is that that's still in the works? It's still in the works. I wish it okay. was. Okay. I could have said, check this out, you know. But yeah, yeah. It's not available right now. It's okay. No, no, it's, it, yeah, it's fine because I'm not going to drop this right away. So yeah. when I do drop it, just give me give me it. Well, actually, this is what you do. When it's finished, let me know that I'll go drop the episode dead. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. All right, cool. Bet. Cool. All right. Bet. And um, in, right. in conclusion, now, um, I did see that. Good. So no, I did see that you. you okay. Somebody asked me that I did I order DoorDash. See, when you outside, that's what happens. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So one more thing, I did see you actually met Barack Obama. How was that experience? You know what? I've met him more than once. Actually, I've met him quite a few times. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. So that that is something that is um, he's he how he is on TV, is exactly like he's very he's a thin guy, tall. 
you know, got some height on him and uh, just really cool, laid back. He's like, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm Barack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I was like, man, you know, I, I thank you for your support of my organization. I truly appreciate it. And he was like, oh, you know, no problem. You know, let's take this picture. <laughs> you know, I hate me talking. I was like, all right. But it's cool because you know how a lot of times other people, when they get up, you know, it's not many people that can say they got a picture with just, you know, you know, President Barack, just them together. So I was able to actually be in a space where it was just him and I, um, where he hosted like a, 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 a dinner, like a fundraiser dinner in Chicago. And then we had an opportunity to where he surprised a young man in our organization as well, to where he came to speak at like a youth panel discussion. So they had a chance to like interact and talk with him. So it's definitely been, you know, really cool that I've had that opportunity to be in that space that a lot of people can say that they, they have been in. Right. To meet, you know, President Barack Obama, to talk with him and shake his hand and to get my own personal picture, you know, that is, hey, this is my one on one picture with him. So this has been really cool. So tell everybody where to find you. Got it. Okay. All right. So I'm Dr. Haywood, Dr. Marlon Haywood. You can find me on IG, Instagram, Haywood, M1, H-A-Y-W-O-O-D-M1. Or you can find me on LinkedIn if you just type in Dr. Marlon Haywood. I'm sure I should come up. Or you can check out our website, www.urbanmailnetwork.org. You know, we'd love to connect with you if you have any more questions um, about just the work that we're doing and the impact that we're making in the community or just how you can start your own nonprofit organization. Love to connect with people. Perfect. Thanks again for joining Jalon Abrams, Dr. Haywood. See y'all next week. See you next week. (laughs) Okay.